Hello, my name is Jacob Fenston. Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Decades after the end of colonial rule in Africa, and more than 100 years after the end of the slave trade, the continent remains among the least developed regions of the globe. In recent years, economists have been researching whether Africa's history of slavery and colonization was partly responsible for the continent's present-day economic underperformance. Economist Nathan Nunn of Harvard University has pored over ship records from the slave trade and found that African countries that exported the most slaves today have on average the worst economies, but before slavery they were, on the whole, the most prosperous. Part of the reason is that Europeans, when they first began trading uh, with Africans, particularly the Portuguese as they sailed down the west coast of Africa, initially were trading legitimate commodities or commodities other than human beings. And uh, it's natural to want to trade with societies that have the most to offer, that actually uh, have specialization of production, that have trade networks into the interior. And so that's, that's what happened, basically. As the Portuguese sailed down the coast, they stopped at the Congo Kingdom, which was by far the largest and most developed kingdom at the time in, in Africa, in West Central Africa. And they began trading and exchange. And then over time, the demand turned uh, from legitimate commodities to human beings. That's related to geography, too. Um, more prosperous groups were more likely to be probably in, in you know, mm-hmm. places with good farmland and stuff. Right. You've written that uh, bad geography is, is a blessing in a Africa, blessing. And, and that's different than, mm-hmm. than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, so I- ironically or interestingly, one thing you do see is bad geography, in particular a rugged terrain with cliffs, mountains. Typically around the world, it's negatively associated with per capita income. Within Africa, you see a strong positive relationship. And the reason is, or we argue, and and the evidence backs this up, I think, is that areas that had uneven terrain, those areas, societies were able to use that uneven terrain to protect themselves uh, from the slave trade. So a classic example is the Dogon of Mali, who migrated to the Bandiagara Escarpment and established villages there. And by doing this, they were able to protect themselves from the slave raiders and all the detrimental impacts that came with the slave trade. So the interesting thing is within Africa, like you say, bad geography is associated with good outcomes and higher income today. What are some countries where uh, the relationship between the slave trade and current economic development is, is, is sort of a clear example? You know, so the slave trade, the areas that were most hard hard hit are Western Africa, uh, West Central Africa, so the Democratic Republic of Congo. Zaire is an area where there's a lot of slaves taken. Today is very poor. Angola, Nigeria, Ghana, Ethiopia, a lot of slaves were taking the Red Sea slave trade. And so those are all countries that on average are p- relatively poor. Uh, and then many countries for different reasons escape the slave trade. Some low densely populated countries like uh, Namibia, Botswana, escaped the slave trade, and today they're richer than average. Southern Africa, which actually imported slaves more than exported, and island countries like Mauritius, Réunion, are richer than average. But in general, the pattern is quite robust, and even if you omitted northern African countries and said, oh, no, they're not really Africa, or <laughs> South Africa is not really Africa, uh, you still get these, these general patterns across many different countries. The slave trade lasted for at least 400 years, mm-hmm. um, and you've written that it had cultural impacts. Uh, You've talked about a culture of mistrust. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you mean by that? So the research we've done, uh, so this research is with Leonard Wanchikan, who's from Southern Benin. So the notion which was based on his experience and and growing up is that areas in which during the slave trade, there was a lot of insecurity. So people were where they were greatly impacted by the slave trade. 
you may start to develop the belief, cultural belief, that in general you should be careful when dealing with others, you should be careful and not trust them. So you can you know, think about in an environment where it's very common for, for people to turn on you and to sell you to the slave raiders, it would be optimal or it would be a good thing to develop a, um, a culture of lower levels of trust. And so this may have evolved over these 400 years, and then it may persist, given that we know, looking around the world, that cultural norms tend to be sticky, that they tend to persist. The part of the hypothesis we're testing is whether they've persisted until today, and there does seem to be evidence of that. And why is the issue of trust important when you're thinking about economic development? Trust, it's, I guess it's an open question of if you think it's important. A lot of, you know, you can think of a lot of reasons why you would think it's important for business dealings. If it's a, a producer that requires inputs from a supplier, then you have to have some amount of trust that the inputs are going to be reasonably high quality. The supplier has to have some amount of trust that after you ship the goods to the producer, that they'll actually pay you for the goods. You can think of many, you know, many different environments, situations where you have to put some amount of faith or some amount of trust in another individual to get things done. What policy implications do you think that this kind of research has for, for countries in Africa looking to deal with this legacy of slavery and, and mm-hmm. colonization? Right. Yeah, I think this is the next step in, in this broader research agenda. So first has been to document uh, the evolution of societies, how societies got to where they are, why they're different. Uh, and then the next natural question is, okay, what implications does this have for policy? So should we design policy that's different for societies that uh, experience the slave trade and maybe have higher or lower levels of interpersonal trust or for societies for which colonial rule was more or less severe and maybe trust levels of non-Africans is different because of this? then maybe the development policies that, that we should implement should also take this into account. But I think the research is very far from answering this question right now. So I think this is, yeah, this, this whole body of literature is kind of in its infancy. And so these are the open questions that, are, that still need to be answered. That was Harvard economist Nathan Nunn. I spoke with him about his research on the economic legacy of the slave trade and colonization in Africa. To hear more podcasts, you can find us at www.imf.org slash podcasts.